Hello and welcome to another episode of the Sports Council Podcast. I am your host Matt and I'm here with Dylan, G, and Vivek for this episode of the show. After seven months, the 2021-2022 NBA season is officially complete and the playoffs begin in just a couple days. We preview all the play-in matchups and the first round of the playoffs and give you our thoughts on who's advancing to the next round. Plus, the most competitive MVP race in years has finally reached the end. We make the case on who we would give our vote to to ultimately walk away as this year's MVP. Finally, our predictions for who wins the finals. Today is April 10th, 2022, and this is the 58th episode of the show. Alright, good to be back. Good to be talking NBA playoffs after 82 games this season. I think this is the first uninterrupted uh, season since 2019, I want to say. So, this is a real championship on the line, guys. A real championship? No more Mickey championships, huh? Yes. No and more we Disney know, World. No we all know Mickey what ended up with those guys. The, the clubhouse is retired for this year. Exactly. Hey, we, we, let's let's just uh, talk about it, you know? We've never been more right about anything on this podcast before. <laughs> well, unfortunately, I think I had the Lakers uh, a little bit higher than I should have, but I'm perfectly glad to have taken the L on that. I had them pretty high because of LeBron, but, I mean, he's still gone now, so I'm okay yes. with the taking Cancun? the L on that. Yeah, we'll probably see my Cancun this summer. And maybe go to Cleveland to watch of retirement there too. <laughs> I heard he wants to play with Seth. Maybe he'll. Uh, I don't want him to come. To... Don't ruin. Don't ruin the culture. <laughs> Sit courtside at Chase. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't want him to come either. But you know, I think we're one. We might be one of the only teams who would ever reject LeBron. Honestly, I love that. I mean, he's already teamed up with half the league at this point. Exactly. But yeah, guys, um, the NBA season is officially complete. The play-in tournament is begins on Tuesday. As of this recording, the games have all been complete, so we have our playoff picture as of now. And we're just going to get started right away. We're going to talk about the play-ins first, and then we're going to proceed to talk about the first round of the playoffs and kind of give you our in-depth analysis on that. I have a feeling there's going to be a lot of bias uh, in this discussion. But, Do we usually ever have yeah. that? I have issues with that before? No. If any fans have a problem with that or have any specific, you know, portions they want to highlight of our bias, I would love to hear um, your thoughts on that. But, you know, I'm just going to think about it. I just think that there might be something tonight. Either way, we got the first matchup, which is the 7th seed Brooklyn Nets and the 8th seed Cavaliers. The Nets had a rather disappointing season for their stature. They were probably co-favorites to win the title and now they're at the seventh seed and they have to play in the play-in but they're here uh durant is here Kyrie is playing all his games again and he's on ramadan he's fasting for ramadan and um but let's, they're let's, ready let's be real here guys no one's taking the calves <laughs> is anybody it taking seems, the calves it seems like from our board that we have here in the situation <laughs> okay well why don't you go in that yeah, well, I mean, if you really think about it, it's the Nets versus the Cavs, and Jared Allen is gone, and a lot of their success this year has been behind the backs of both Mobley and Allen, and also the emergence of Darius Garland as a starting point guard who is all-star caliber, and when you have two of those pieces, and not to get too much into the narrative, right, but when you have KD and Kyrie, both proven playoff performers, versus a team that is kind of young, 
such as the Cavs, and also doesn't have really that much depth in comparison to what the Nets can offer you, then you get some problems there. Yeah, I think this is going to be a learning experience for the young Cavaliers, but I don't think it's going to be a very good or positive well, result. For their them. season doesn't end, though, so that's good news for them. Yeah, they'll probably have to play the winner of the next playing game that we're going to talk about. Let's talk. Let's focus on the East right here, the ninth-seeded Hawks and the tenth-seeded Hornets. A great, fun game. Should be fun. Two dynamic point guards, Trey Young, Lamelo Ball, going up against each other. No defense. Yeah, hey, I was no say, defense whatsoever. If, you guys, we'll have if, no we, defense. if we do any bet talk, the only thing I'm gonna say is you gotta take the over. Whatever it is, they're scoring 140 each. It's gonna be a thrilling game of I think stars led by star point guards Trey Young and Lamelo. I think you know I'm gonna take. I'm gonna be controversial. Maybe it's a upset here. I'm taking the Hornets. I think they are gonna want to redeem themselves but i think we don't remember last year's playing game they were in it and got 40 piece by the pacers and sabonis if you guys remember that <laughs> but the yes. hawks don't have anybody like that obviously they have capella but he's not that good um, are, we, are we forgetting someone there's one person that could probably 40 piece them uh we'll see i mean mm. there's the, the hornets have been playing really good this year i know they're still you know the fighting for barely getting in for the 10th seed but they're still what is it, six seven games above 500 so for them that's pretty good any other year they would have been a shoe-in for the playoffs in the east you know so i think that says more to say about the east than they have to say about the hornets i think they're going to come up with a big upset well the hawks and the hornets actually have the same record as each other it just so happens that the hawks have the tiebreaker i think that i remember in our uh power rankings i think at the beginning of the year we had the hawks within that top 10 and it's been a little bit of a disappointing season for them but i think that they are still going to be able to get into the playoffs especially with a victory over the hornets just because i think trey young is that dude and i think that he is an already an experienced and well, what about terry rosier bro oh come on scary no one's scared of scary terry anymore <laughs> <laughs> you only you only scared of him when he was on the Celtics. I don't know, man. I think the Hornets are collecting all the old uh, Celtics players. They got Hayward, they got IT, and they have uh, Terry. And also, what's going on there? And also, I I don't believe in the Hornets because you have Mr. Tank Commander himself, Kelly Oubre Jr. <laughs> yes, Tsunami Poppy. Mr. Brick Commander, you mean? Yeah, Brick Commander. He's gonna get dunked on by every single. He's gonna get dunked on by John Collins, Clint Capella. Possibly Trey Young, maybe Trey Young if he decides to somehow dunk. <laughs> if he decides to, that's the that's the standard. All right. And yeah, I mean the Hornets the are a turnstile on defense, and that's so. Really are you guys all taking the Hawks in all season? Yeah, I mean I think the Hawks are just a better team, a better. I don't think so, bro. You, you, yeah, I'm taking you, the Hawks. I mean Trey Young owns two cities. He owns Atlanta <laughs> and he owns New York. I'll t- I take that over the Hawks. Over the Hornets, and also who goes to who goes to Charlotte? No one goes to Charlotte. Interesting take. It's one way to look at it. But honestly, though, uh, on a serious note, just I I don't believe in the Hornets because like how, um, I think it's just def- defensively, um, they don't have the people needed to anchor the defense after Lamelo because, um, Lamelo he's a huge I don't think he tries on defense he, he's a he's a showman but when he plays defense he gets exposed a lot so 
I'm worried about that interior defense for the Hornets. They are one of the worst in the league against centers. I think Clint Capella will be able to feast against Mason Plumlee, unfortunately. Yeah, I don't like P.J. Washington and Plumlee on defense. And I think that's what it comes down to for me. I think that it's not about what defense, you have so LaMelo about better Trey, It's a little bit about it. I think it's defense will be a differentiator because they're both pretty similar teams when it comes to their profile of play. Um, you have both flashy point guards that lead the offense. You have both uh, secondary big men that kind of help facilitate and be finishers with Collins and Capella with the Hawks. And then you sort of have, I guess, Plumlee and Bridges for the Hornets. And so I think it just comes down to who can provide better interior D at that point. But it's kind of splitting hairs. But in terms of who's the better players in a vacuum, I would say the Hawks do have that advantage because I would take Collins. I would take Capella in that big man matchup. And when it comes to, you know, who the best player on the floor would be in the whole in that whole game, I, I think you have to give it to Trey Young. He's been great all season. You know, he's been Just one of the best same. playmakers in the whole league and he's been putting up great numbers and leading his team. Yep. I think, uh, okay, so we're going to move on from that. And we're going to go into the final play-in matchup then for the East, and that would be the Cavaliers versus the Hawks. So who are you taking in that matchup? I got the Cavs or over the, the Hornets. Hornets, I guess. In my, okay. my prediction, I had the Cavs over the Hornets to get the final eighth seed in the playoffs. Uh, I think by then, hopefully, uh, I think at least Mobley will be able to provide the main presence that they need to beat the Hornets. Don't think they'll take too much for them. I think, you know, beating the Hawks is my prediction. That'll be a lot for the Hornets and think that's one step in the right direction, but I think that's as far as they get. Um, I'm taking, for in the case if the Hawks beat the Hornets, I would take the Cavs, Cavs beating the Hawks because um, it's kind of similar to what I said earlier. I know it's a little bit contradictory about how Lamelo gets hunted on defense. I feel like when the Cavs play the Hawks, the the Cavs will gonna is are gonna hunt Trey Young on defense because he's only a six foot guard, so it's easily to shoot over him. Or <laughs> play, or if he ever has to play in the paint, he's gonna get he's gonna get barbecue chicken by any big on the Cavs, such as Evan Mobley. Shout out to USC. Um, and it's kind of similar. This is like the similar similar idea compared to like the Lakers, for example, when each team would hunt Austin Reeves on defense. <laughs> Austin Reeves. I don't. Oh know yeah. By the way, shout out to Austin Reeves who pulled <laughs> pulled off the upset against the Nuggets today. Damn. All season, all career highs. We would love to see it. Westbrook could never. <laughs> I think Vivek, you and I have the same pick. So why don't you go ahead? Yeah, so both Matt and I had um, the Hawks over the Cavs. And I think for you, Matt, I don't know what your reasoning was, but the way that I thought about it, I think that when you look at the Cavs, they are a depleted team. Um, When it comes to not having Allen, I think he was a huge part of what the Cavs have done. And he's been out indefinitely. And I don't know what the timetable necessarily is for him coming back. And I do think that with Darius Garland and... Evan Mobley, that is a good core, but I just don't think that they have the depth with the Cavs, like I mentioned before, um, to beat the Hawks, which are uh, functionally a deeper team, and do have players that are more experienced and also have uh, more experience when it comes to going deeper into playoffs and having good performances and whatnot. 
So it is definitely possible, obviously, uh, that the Hawks aren't going to maybe win this game. But I would definitely not count on it because even though the Hawks have had a tumultuous season, I think in a vacuum they are just a more talented team. And I think um, even though there is a high variance in the one-game plan, I think that if you want to take the odds, I would just easily take the Hawks more often than the Cavs. What's your take on that, Matt? My take is that Trey Young does not miss in the playoffs. And I think that he's going to get into the playoffs when the game is on the line. But he's not playing New York, though. <laughs> well, he beat Philly, too. All right. Yeah. Let's go on to the west side. Let's go Clippers-Timberwolves real quick. We're split on this one. Oh, this one's interesting. I got the Clippers. I'm with you on that. I got Clippers, too. And Dylan and I, we both got the T-Wolves. I believe in the mm. coin flip. I believe in the coin flip in this case. How do you figure? Um, there's this, there's a bad man over there named Anthony Edwards and the best three point shooter <laughs> at the All Star Game. Cat. Oh my God. But there was a I guy think... who wasn't available at that time named exactly. Paul George, who's back and he's gonna be the best player on that court every single game. So he's gonna be guarding Anthony Edwards. Anthony Edwards will not be able to guard Paul George the same way. And, and all playoff P is going to be there, full performance. And I'm scared for the – I'm happy as the one seed as a Suns fan. We do not have to see the Clippers. It's my prediction. So that's why I want them to win. I don't want no part of them. <laughs> so you picked them, what, to duck them? Yeah, I want it? them to win because I think they're better and they're going to win. Um, ultimately, will also allow us to duck them. Okay. Well, yes. I'm picking them because I think Paul George is the best player on that. And I think that when it comes to these high stakes one win and in games, you want the best player on the court, and the best player on the court is going to win that game. So that's what I'm going with the Clippers. But I don't think the Timberwolves are going anywhere anytime soon. So let's go to the Pelicans-Spurs game. We all have the Pelicans here, and it's no contest. Uh, let's just say what we're all thinking here. I think it's just because the Pelicans have better scorers and they're just probably a better team than the Spurs right now there's a more talented team outright the Spurs are somehow CJ McCollum has no pick. injuries anymore ever since leaving Portland he's a good he's a good scorer he's always been a great scorer I think defense has been the issue for him but he's always been the guy you can I, I guess I'm, count I'm on to guy, like score guy doesn't get enough credit on that team in BI yeah oh well, yeah him he's too been playing well I do admit though Spurs have some Nice players too, like um, Dejounte Murray and Ronnie Ronnie Walker the fourth. But I think there's uh, they're missing their big man, Jakob Podol. Yeah, and I think Murray might not be. I think he might be hurt. Oh, he, he had a non-COVID illness for the past week, and okay. he is gonna play in the play-in game. They weren't gonna shut him down. Um, if they were, then he would have just been out for the season. But there were always the intentions of having him play. In this playing game, I do think that Dejounte Murray is an absolutely outstanding player. Um, he had a really, really great season this year, and I think more people should have their eyes on him going forward. But obviously, um, I think really the team starts and kind of ends with him. There are good pieces in Devin Vassell, Lonnie Walker, Jakob Pertl was a huge piece, but he's been missing, and Keldon Johnson has been pretty hot lately. But when it comes to just uh, who are kind of the better team, uh, like the better players. I like Herb Jones. I like Jackson Hayes. Obviously, you got B.I., you got C.J. McCollum. And 
Th those are non-trivial pieces. And not to mention Jonas Valanciunas as well. And there's not really an answer on the Spurs for JV. And that's a really big issue when you really consider the fact that the Spurs are very much a small ball team. And so I think it's a pretty easy pick for the Pelicans in this case. And I'm pretty sure I'll just agree on that. I agree 100%. Couldn't say it better myself. Yep. And unfortunately, we all have the Pelicans then losing to whoever we picked to lose the 7-8 matchup. So we have the Timberwolves or the Clippers moving on in that respect. Mm -hmm. So we're just going to move on right here to the first round. And, you know, there might be a little bit of variation in our matchups, but at the same time, I don't think that's going to matter at the end of the day here. So that's gonna let's start off with the number one seed here, the Phoenix Suns, who have had probably the best season um, ever in the entire NBA. No, I don't think so. <laughs> Gotta end it with a ring first. But either way, they are on fire. They don't seem to have miss at all, really. Um, I remember when everyone was freaking out when they were zero and two, and then they proceeded to win what like twenty straight games or something like that. So it's ridiculous. But either way. They will probably face the winner of the um the the loser or the winner I guess of the uh, second play in matchup. So it's either the Timberwolves or Clippers for us. Um, you know, do we have anything else other than the Suns' victory outright? Suns and foe. Suns I'm picking four. the Suns, but four. I just wanted to be known for the record that they're incredibly annoying, and I hate <laughs> that stupid pregame dance they did to that NBA YoungBoy song. Jay Crowder ain't that good. Jay Crowder just keeps talking. Oh, but they're a great trash. team. Uh, they're a very great team. I can't deny that. Mm -hmm. But they're annoying. Uh-huh. Alright. Nice. I mean, Vivek, which who do you, which team do you think is more annoying? The Suns or the Cli uh Grizzlies? Uh that's a nice segue to our next topic, huh? So well, well, when it well, comes to the Grizzlies, I, I like I kinda like the Grizzlies swag with what they got going on because they're young, you know? They they don't really, they have all the confidence in the world, and they're kind of playing with house money at this point. They, I think I was watching an interview with Desmond Bain, uh, with JJ Reddick, and JJ Reddick said to Desmond Bain, you guys have all the confidence, and then Desmond Bain was like, yeah, because they're young, and they're playing with house money, and they don't really know better because they're in this position so quickly, and I kind of rock with that, you know? Uh, they, they really speeded up their whole timeline they shouldn't have been this good this quickly and with the Suns right they they do have Devin Booker but then it's just kind of CP3 and Jay Crowder kind of just talking a lot and so that kind of gets on my nerves a little bit <laughs> even though CP3 oh, is obviously an all-time player has Draymond on, on, on his team talks about other I'm, players I'm all much. I'm okay. all for I don't okay. really care about the celebrating as long as you win at the end of the day. And we are. Right? That's like, yeah. And Cameron and Payne, will. you can't tell Cameron Payne not to dance. Oh, you can't, bro. That's like, you can't. That's like telling Jackson Mahomes not to do TikToks, bro. Exactly. <laughs> but if you're going to be arrogant, I'm just going to say, you're all good yeah. for it. Corvette, Corvette. Oh, <laughs> that's all I'm going to say. All right, buddy. All right. Well, I'm going to, kind of, if I can give my 2 7 matchup here, I have sure. the Grizzlies Clippers, as I had the Clippers beating the Timberwolves in the first playing game. And I had the Clippers going to the next round, beating oh the Grizzlies my, oh in my, the 7. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm telling Come you, on. they're giving, they're going to give everybody fits this year. New, I'm, all I'm saying is the Grizzlies have no one more proven than Paul George, than 
Reggie Jackson, then all those Reggie guys are, Jackson? Reggie Jackson. He is, is Mr. October. I'll, I'll give him that. He's, Mr. He steps he's up. gonna come he's out. He's the firing. big government, I guess. Big government. He's coming out firing, bro. No, you he's can not. hate you can hate they got Norman Powell, they got Marcus Morris, they got bodies and ready. They got Luke Kennard. They got Oh my, you know, I'm telling you, they're so ready, bro, to make a run this year. They're pretty and stocked I just this year, that the Clippers. The Grizzlies, the Grizzlies, the Grizzlies this year are not, I don't think they're that that good. I think they're great, but more regular season effort than now. Okay, you have great, you have 11 guys that are all great. What are you going to do when you have to play eight of them? You know, like, what are you going to do then? And do you have eight guys that you believe in like that? Can they match up with the guy, eight guys that the Clippers are going to put out there? That played in the same playoff series last year and the year before that and the year before that. Like, I don't know. I take in the Clippers. There's something to be said about playoff experience and the Clippers having a lot more of it. And they have a guy like Tyron Lue who's known to be able Amazing. to adjust super well in a series. And that's how he practically won a couple of series and even took a game off the Suns, I think. And then PG got hurt game. and Kawhi got hurt and we got bailed out. So it was all cool. Well, if as long as you're saying it. Um, yeah. Either way, but the Grizzlies do have playoff experience, so they play got in. that playoff experience. They play in, but they, they also played the that first round in the Jazz. You got, you could get swept. You can like lose in five. It doesn't matter. But experience is experience, and I think that they're gonna get better from it. And I think that now that they're a bigger, like they're a better team, it's like the Warriors back in the day when they had. Um, oh, they, they were the playing Clippers. in twenty, yeah, thirteen, oh, twenty fourteen. Great days, great days. Yeah, twenty thirteen. <laughs> you guys, I was living yes. back then. What happened? What happened? Yeah, what happened that? to all your teams? What, what yeah, happened man. to the What happened to the Rockets? <laughs> what happened to the Thunder? What happened to the Clippers? Can you explain each saga with Chris Paul? Yeah, talk about. Yeah, tell us right now what happened. I can usually I can sum it up with one person. It's Steph. That's all we have to say. Well, hey, you, you should adjust it. You should. But this year, this year, this year is different. Let me I tell you about this year. Say well, year. No, but this year is different, different, you know? What every last every year? Year, last year, every year is different, but it ended up being the same result. Y'all lost. <laughs> all right, it's all good, man. We'll be in the finals again this year and winning it this year, and then you'll be like, well, you finally got one, blah, whatever. I mean, <laughs> you know? Hey, you Chris Paul has a pretty good track record of getting injured in the playoffs. I'm just saying. Man, man, mm-hmm. your team, you're you're one to speak. Your team's not even healthy right now. Has to speak. Let's so, let's so press let's... on this topic first. I'm just gonna finish up my thought. I'm gonna go with the Grizzlies in seven. I think it's gonna be a tough matchup, especially for the Grizzlies to handle because you what you said, G, about the playoff experience. I think that the Clippers are gonna come in with everything they got. They're a veteran team, um, and it just could have been what could have been if Kawhi Leonard was healthy enough for this game. But I would have taken them if Kawhi Leonard uh, was here. But I think that the Grizzlies will find a way to win it. Just like I think when the Warriors faced off against the veteran Memphis team back in 2015, they stumbled a little bit, but they ultimately came out on top because they were the better team at the end of this season. So I think that the Grizzlies are going to win it. Um, It's just going to take a lot longer than it should be. Any other thoughts on that? No, we'll see. I think it's going to be upset alert. That's all I have to say. Yeah, for me, I had yeah. Grizzlies versus T-Wolves in this one, and I just went yeah. with the Grizzlies. I just think that they're oh, yeah. straight up a better team. I agree on you on that. If I had the Grizzlies against Timberwolves, if Timberwolves won the plane, I would take the Grizzlies as well. So we're saying just no chance for the Timberwolves. Like, one oh, no. game, any game, are they going to win a single game in the playoffs? 
they'll probably they'll, win one. They'll take like maybe one against game. the Grizzlies, against the Grizzlies, against the Tim, <laughs> against the Suns. They can fucking kiss their ass goodbye. Okay. All right, let's go to the matchup everyone's been looking forward to here: the third seed Warriors, who just clinched the third seed today with a win over the Pelicans. They will face off against a Nuggets team that is way more dangerous than their seeding indicates right now because of one man and one man alone, Nikola Jokic, the current MVP and possibly the MVP this season. We'll talk about that later. But this is definitely a matchup which is going to be probably the most competitive, I think, out of all these other matchups. So other than maybe uh, the eventual Nets matchup that we have going on here. But let's just get some initial thoughts on this matchup. No better be scared. I'm kind of scared. I'll be honest. I'll be scared. I'll admit that. Of course. Same here. There's like no real good answer for Jokic that the Warriors have, in my opinion. You guys, you guys are healthy, and he hookshotted you guys to death that one game in the play. I don't know exactly. You guys know what game I'm talking about. They just gave it to him in the low post. He hit Looney twice, and then pop hookshot like fucking Kareem because I can't fucking jump. (laughs) What I'm worried about is that Looney is actually not bad at defending Jokic. Is that it's just the fact that he gets in foul trouble, really tired. No, he got because well, he's the only center there. So like Draymond, like I don't, I don't know if he was playing or not. But um, Looney got visibly gassed at the end of that, and that's why uh, Jokic just started scoring at will in the fourth quarter. And they couldn't, and he got in foul trouble too. So I don't think if we had Wiseman, if we just had a body out there at center, it would be a little bit easier, I think, for us. But the fact that we don't, and the fact that we don't have our MVP and Steph, that's what's gonna make this such a competitive matchup i think it's going to be really close and they don't have murray they don't have porter so you know it's just a matter of two injured teams playing off against each other hoping that their star point guard returns basically it's a war of attrition that kind of happened to get to this point but i I think it goes out saying the best player on the floor will be Jokic. uh before if we don't hear back from steph soon i don't know what the status on him coming back for the series will be is he is he gonna come back for sure maybe just not in the first couple games probably, i feel like probably not the first game probably two or three i think probably latest game three because game three is at home or I think no the warriors game are three is con- out sorry i think the warriors are going to be conservative about this i think if they're up in the series by the time they get to game three they're gonna rest steph and if i would not, say best case if they're best like case, one to one yeah i would say best case then one one they'll probably play him yeah if, if they play him split, like if you can split one, then and, I think they're gonna yeah. play Steph. If you can split him and gold, but see that's the thing. You guys are gonna be playing the first two in Golden State, so you don't wanna, you don't wanna split. You don't wanna, ideally you don't wanna split obviously your two home games and then be going to Denver mm-hmm. when his first game back. You know that is an immense amount of pressure to make sure you at least win one if not two. You know, because you gotta get something back there. So I feel like, I feel like maybe game two or. I think they'll probably want to play him at home before he goes out. That's just at least how I'd feel. I think both teams are pretty glass cannon because it, it kind of ends all with their star player. Like if like Nuggets, they're really great with Jokic, but um, if Jokic wasn't there, I think their backup would be like Will Barton. So, um, so it's basically just throw everything at Jokic then. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just hope, just hope, make the other guys um do the scoring or run the or make plays which is kind of similar how it's like how um people play against the warriors like they double triple team steph and have 
and they're making the other Warriors players um, step up mm. on the offensive side. Well, I think right. the key to winning this series then is going to have to be the backcourt, whether it's Steph or not. Clay has been getting into a little bit of a rhythm this past week. Hopefully, it continues in the playoffs. Um, obviously, you got Jordan Poole out there. Yeah, this is your time and... to join the pool party. You got invited again, Matthew. Yeah, right, I don't think so. you I think in... I'll decline. I think I'll decline until Dude, I see. Matt, you're the biggest. Uh, you're the, the you're literally the biggest hater in the fucking world, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was telling ta- you. I was. I I will have Jordan Poole has done nothing. I mean, I was telling Viv and Matt like last week. We got we got inv- our invitations to the pool party. I think you got invited too, right, G? You got invited too, right? Everyone was invited. To the pool party. I was at the pool party guy. real early. I was at the yeah, pool see, party. Yeah, see, even G was first. there, Matt. Damn. I'm feeling mad FOMO about that. But, <laughs> okay. Yeah, but I think that if the backcourt gets into a rhythm, and what I'm worried about, honestly, is that when Seth returns, they played one game together, the big three, in the past, like, what, three years? It Every time they've tried to integrate them, it just someone else gets injured, and then it just all fall like and then they struggle for the next couple of games and what i'm worried about is when we finally see them together like it could either be a championship run and we could see like back to the old days and it's going to be incredible we're going to sweep the suns but or we see them integrated you say that and no just, no no chest. they have no chemistry you know deep huh? inside you don't believe that shit you know deep inside you know oh, you don't worry about shit. it You're i'm optimistic do all they'll, the they'll gel they'll gel together right Ryan on time. Even though, even though I'm, 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 I'm just not celebrating right now. I'm not celebrating right now. That's what I'm doing. I'm just gonna let yeah, the play do the talking. Yeah, I don't I know if we're gonna gel one? instantaneously. I think it would be remiss to kind of claim that you know exactly. for a bunch of people who've been kind of out and about in their own timelines for the past two or three years to suddenly just say that they're all gonna come together and during a playoff series and suddenly look amazing together. Um, even though they have a ton of history over the past five or six years, right? I think that it's kind of crazy and presumptuous to even claim. So I'm not going to go as far as to say that they're all going to look great together. I think I just have to look at the series, and we all should look at the series as a function of um, what the most consistent lineups have been for the Warriors this season. And, I mean, at the beginning of the season, the Warriors were you know, decimating the whole league. They looked great. And even though there was a huge problem... Um, Obviously, the main gripe and the flaw with the Warriors lies with their lack of ability to... Jordan um, Poole, yeah. Yeah, screw you, bro. The lack of ability to contain centers. (laughs) Like, literally every center looks like a beast against the Warriors. Even though, despite their best efforts at Draymond and Looney, um, every center feasts, especially if they're really tall. Like, Yaga Pirtle, JV, pretty much any 7-footer will look really, really good against the Warriors system. And that's just kind of a built-in flaw. So I expect Jokic to pretty much exploit that. Um, I saw some of the Warriors Nuggets games, and yeah, it's gonna be really hard stopping Jokic. Um, I I still think that the I Warriors think can pull it MVP. off. Yeah, I I I, 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 I oh. will <laughs> refrain on commenting on that for now, but I definitely can see why. I'm, I'll give you my full take later on that situation. But when it comes to the Warriors Nuggets series, um, obviously if Steph doesn't come back, I think it's. I personally don't think that the Warriors aren't, aren't going to beat the Nuggets. That's uh, that's an interesting take, and I think I would have to I agree, agree with you if Steph yeah. is not there for the entire series. If Steph is not playing for more than four or five games, if he comes back game five or six, bro, I think it's bad, bro. I don't think 
you know, he'd need a game to get back into it. And then you'd probably need that second game where he'd finally pop off, you know. And still inf- but I still have you guys to win. I'm not, like you guys said, Curry's health can put this into uh, four games this Sun Warriors, or they can lose in four games, you know, for who knows, you know, if he doesn't play. So uh, for now, I think we all have the Warriors to win. Yep. I think this is going to be a great series just for the Warriors. If they win, it's a get-right series where you you if everyone's back together and they're playing, it allows them enough games to get right and they're not going to waste any time trying to figure it out. They're going to try they're going to have to figure it out right there. And if it works, then they could be just incredible for the rest of this stretch. But if not, then you know, it's just what it is and you're just going to chalk up that season to another one lost basically due to uh injuries. But you know, I think that the Warriors are going to get right. I think they're going to win in six. I think Curry comes back around maybe game three, I want to say. Game two or game three. Yeah. And I think game that three. everyone else has the Warriors. So I'm just going to move on. Ooh, okay. All right. Please come back, Let's Steph. go. Uh, yes, please come back. Otherwise, I don't think the series is going to go so <laughs> you well. You can have my which, which fatigue injury, left or right? Yeah, I don't or, know. I think it's the left. Oh, you can have my you left foot. I'm honestly guessing. I'm honestly guessing. That's a 50-50. You can have my left foot, Steph. Like how I asked, yeah. I told Draymond, you can have my back, Draymond. <laughs> it's, it is the left foot. Okay. So, fourth-seeded Dallas Mavericks versus the fifth-seed Utah Jazz. This is an interesting one to monitor because Luka Doncic actually just left the game, this final game, with the calf sprain. So, that is going to be something to monitor. I think that if he's there, they're going to win easily. I'd say, like, Mavericks in five. The Jazz are just completely collapsing, as per usual. And But if Luka's not there, then I think that this could extend the series a couple games. What do you guys think? I think Jazz are going to lose. I mean, there's a 10% chance they get, they get through the first round based on what's going on inside the locker room, specifically with Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. And also, even though Rudy Gobert is one of the candidates for Defensive Player of the Year, however, every time in the playoffs, he gets exposed. Um, for example, every time you pull him out from from the key, or sorry, from the box, you know it's so easy to get past him. So, and he's just a, he's just honestly a ne- 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 negative. He just he has no playmaking. All he does is just sit in the paint, wait for rebounds, or dunks it. That's my take. And as of lately, um, Jazz is kind of similar to the Warriors in the fourth quarter where we don't know how to close out games. That's an interesting thing to note. Yes, we should have added that as well with the Warriors because I just saw that play out right in uh, today's game, actually, in the Spurs game. Mm -hmm. Or not uh, the Pelicans game today, actually. Um, Because anytime back then, uh, whenever you have, like, for example, like a a 13 plus lead you you kind of feel pretty comfortable with it but this season similar to the warriors and the jazz whenever they have a 20 20 point game lead you still feel uncomfortable it feels like you're at a five point lead because after a certain amount of points they somehow just drop off on defense and start relaxing then the other team starts to come back I mean, I find it interesting that these guys are playing because didn't like a week ago the report come out that the Mavs would be interested in picking up Gobert and now they're playing him in the playoffs. That's so ironic to me. <laughs> well, this and I is just, his audition, I guess. Yeah, and I just feel like I feel like this this really reminds me of when 
the Lakers played the Rockets in the playoffs in the bubble and they exposed him for <laughs> Russell Westbrook and then ended up trading for him the next year and completely regretted it. And I think this is where the Mavs are headed. I think they'll beat him. They'll expose him for having a lack of center that can't go out and play perimeter, can't go out and guard Luka or Jalen Brunson or Dinwiddie, anywhere on any of those guys in the perimeter. And then if they really are interested in him like that, they'll end up going trade for him and regretting it because we know how we feel about Rudy Gobert on this podcast. You we just really hate Rudy Gilbert on this podcast. Honestly, you just need nowadays your centers just have to be mobile. If they're not mobile, they're they're not like they're gonna get hunted. Similar to like smaller guards, they're gonna get hunted during the playoffs. Where you pull them out or for or for any switches onto guards, they're gonna get they're gonna get cooked. Especially yeah, on the perimeter too. I mean, I I totally agree with everything you guys are saying about the Jazz. I think. Obviously, much has been made about the acrimonious and tumultuous relationship between Mitchell and Gobert. But even with Luka, I don't know how long Luka will be out for this series. But the Mavericks have been a very good team. Um, You guys were mentioning Jalen Brunson being a very good contributor this season. And stepping up as a good second option. And him and Dinwiddie as well. Um, And also Dorian Finney-Smith. I think there are a lot of really good net positive guys on this Mavericks team to kind of help shoulder the weight. And when you look at the Jazz, right, um, they used to kind of play a very ball-movement-heavy offense um, during the regular season, and they'd always kind of divert to just doing a Donovan Mitchell or a Mike Conley sort of ISO. And that isn't always the most consistent form of offense. And their style of play has been kind of confusing, um, at least visually on the court, what they try to do. And they, they didn't really seem to lack a strong, cohesive identity. Um, I don't know what Quinn Snyder, what the status of him and what how he's controlling the locker room, how that's kind of looking like. But I think the Mavericks are a very well-coached team too. Jason Kidd's done a really good job at making this team a very good defensive unit. And I just like their momentum heading into the series. Um, them talking sans Luka right now uh, against the Jazz. But I think obviously if Luka is in the series, then... Um, Luca's had much harder goes at playoff matches against the Clippers last two series, and he completely killed it. And so I see no reason to see that he why he couldn't kill it against the Jazz here. Yeah, I mean this is the first playoff series Luca could win, which is crazy considering his playoff performances in the past couple of years, and he's never won a playoff series yet. But obviously, we all think that he's going to win this one. And um, this might be the Mavericks' best bet yet. They've had the best record they've had so far in the Luka era. And they've been on, basically, they've been hot since, I guess, January. So they've kept the momentum going. They could be a very interesting Dark Horse candidate, I think. All right, let's move on to the east side here. That just came out like that. Let's go with the Heat and the eighth-seeded Hawks slash Cavaliers. Again, we're probably all going to take the Heat in this. It's crazy because we have the Heat as the number one seed. We have them advancing the first round of the playoffs pretty easily, I'd say. Why aren't people talking about them more as uh, contenders? Just food for thought. I mean, I'll talk about it because I feel like people don't respect what Jimmy Butler does. I feel like Jimmy Butler is one of the most disrespected players in the NBA. He took a team to the final two years ago during the bubble, and people want to write it off because of Tyler Hero and Goran Dragic and Duncan Robinson. But Jimmy Butler was 
killing it that year. And I, last year, they got swept. I think it was by the Bucks, right? In that first round. It was not a very good look for them. And then they came back this year. And they tightened up. They got right. They dealt with so much throughout the year. Eric Spolstra should be coach of the year if it wasn't for Monty. But, hey, he's a hell of a coach this year. Deserves his reps. And, I don't know. My thing is, I think Jimmy Butler just gets disrespected. So, that's why I feel like they're just not getting any credit. Bam doesn't really get credit. I think they'll... I think they're going to beat the 76ers in the next round. That's just my bold prediction. I think a lot of people would probably take the Sixers. I wouldn't. I'm not a Harden guy. <laughs> I've heard your uh, misgivings about Harden in the past, so I could see that happening. I mean, I think that it's just the fact that there's been a lot more exciting teams, honestly. I think that we got the Celtics, we got the Nets, we got the Bucks, the Sixers, obviously. Two of those teams have MVP candidates, and the Heat have been quietly chugging along. They are the first seed right now, um, and we can't. We all agree that their defense is just incredible. It's outstanding, and I think that's the main part of their success. I just don't know about their offense right now, and um, I think that Jimmy Butler is definitely underrated and for bringing his team to the finals. And it's weird that we don't give him enough credit for taking the Lakers to six games when he had no Bam Adebayo or Goran Dragic, they got hurt. Absolutely no credit. Game. No credit. Yeah, and they took him to six. Happened. Yeah, and we're talking about how LeBron had received like legendary status for when he took the Warriors to six when he had no love for Kyrie. Why don't we do the same thing for Butler? I just don't get it. But whatever. No, no credit for their experience. No credit for what they've done. No credit for a championship-winning level coach. How many teams have a winning coach that's won championships? And exactly. that's multiple, multiple championships. The only one level. who's basically uh, survived a LeBron <laughs> tenure, basically, mm-hmm. unscathed. And stayed on the same team, yeah. Exactly, and reached the finals again without him. That's so crazy. No respect. I'm telling you, he, he are going to, you know, they're going to come back, I think. I think uh, they're going to go far this year. Okay. All right, any other thoughts on the Heat before we move on? Yeah, I just want to echo what you guys said about um, the Heat being a really great team this year. Um, There were a lot of injuries with Butler and then Bam, and those would normally not result in a team ending up in the first seed. But I think Spolster's done a really good job at that. He's had really great lineups this whole year too. And he found really good contributors in unlikely places, like, for example, Yurtsevin and then Caleb Martin. And... um, they're just in Struis, and there's just a lot of good pieces on this Heat team that um, have done some really good things, and they have really good players across the board too. And I think the reason why they don't get credit too is that they aren't exactly a flashy team um, in terms of their style of play. Like they won't, they don't have a bona fide um, star that's kind of media friendly, like say people on the Celtics or the Nets might have, or you know on the Sixers or the Bucks, but. They do have their predefined identity and their style of play. Um, much has been made about the meme of heat culture, but they, they're just a really good team. And they have a lot of great players, and they're deep as well. And I think that they they will definitely beat whoever the eighth seed might be, whether it be the Hawks or the Cavs. Um, I, I just don't want to bet against Jimmy Butler uh, come playoff time. And Bam, too. Like, these are 
great players. And Tyler Hero is probably going to be sixth man of the year as well. And he's done some really great things. He's shown he's more than just a jump shooter. So that and also that too kind of augmented with Kyle Lowry and P.J. Tucker. And you have a really good core of a team right there. And so, yeah, I just wanted to kind of extol what the Heat have done this year. I think they're really great. Uh, we haven't really had the chance to kind of extol their places and talk about them. So, yeah, this is me, this is me giving them the flowers right now. All right. Okay, we're going to move on here. We're going to go to the other big matchup, the Celtics versus the Nets. I think we hear a huge upset alert, I guess, from our board here because we all, I think, have the Nets to win this series. Dylan, you haven't said anything about uh, this series, though. What do you think about it? I think it's because um, the second half, ever since um, after the All-Star, All-Star weekend, Celtics has been playing very well. Say the say the Celtics are gonna beat the Nets, man. Okay, I'll say I'll say the other way around. I think Celtics would beat the Nets. I mean, the Nets they they have a good team. I mean, um, when they traded James Harden for Ben Simmons, um, and they got Ben Simmons, they got um, Steph Curry and Andre Drummond. I thought it kind of bolstered their roster a little bit more. Yeah, because um, of Steph Curry and Andre Drummond. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so the thing is, if somehow Ben Simmons comes back in time just in time for the second round uh or sorry not for the second round against the Celtics I think they will it'll be a little too much for the Celtics but as of now I kind of have the Celtics over the Nets because I think I think what they're doing right now um they're doing I think they're they're it's way better than what they're doing um in the first half of the season so I'm kind of more towards the Celtics do I think they're going to beat them in five games I think no I think it'll take them either six or seven games I'm kind of leaning towards seven because again you when you play you're playing against KD which in again it's the playoffs he becomes Slim Reaper right and you're playing bad man Kyrie Irving and it's Ramadan Kyrie Irving right now so um I'm I'm taking nets I can't be as bold as you bro I want to be as bold as you, Dylan. Yeah. I do. I do. I really want to come out here and tell people that I believe in the Celtics to beat Kevin Durant. But hell no, I can't say that. It's I, all I gotta say. It's not gonna. It's definitely not easy. It's extru- It's not impossible. It's just. It's a you need like every single game. You need like you gotta run your plays. You gotta execute correctly in order to beat the Nets. And I do. I'm kind also kind of disappointed on how the Nets ended their season. Right, they should not be in seventh place. They should be a little bit higher, but it is what it is. I mean, I still have the Nets to win in seven, so I mean, I agree with you that it's gonna be a, a tough, tough series for them. But I, I think they can get it at the end. Tatum's gonna have a good 40, 50 point game in this series for sure. He'll definitely have a 50 piece in this entire series at least one time. I mean, he had two last year. You know what, Dylan? I think you convinced me live on this uh, episode. I'm going to go with the Celtics now. I'm flipping to the Celtics in seven because you reminded me of a team that was highly favored from the play-in game, then went to the second seed, and everyone assumed that they would upset them. But I feel like the Celtics team is red hot, just like you said. Their defense is just as spectacular right now. They're shutting down people, really. And I think that if Tatum and Brown can catch on fire just enough to... I guess, or their defense is just good enough to just limit or slow down Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. 
Like, that's the matchup I'm looking for. And I think the Celtics can win in seven. Because I think that the only issue I've had with the Nets so far is that they are a great team. They are a talented team. Kyrie scores 50, 60. Doesn't matter. KD then pops off for 50, right? What my issue is about them is that they're playing these teams awfully close. And you there's no margin for error in the playoffs. Like, just this uh, today, they only beat the Pacers by eight. And I'm like, what are you guys doing? And I saw they almost lost to the Rockets um, a couple games ago. They were down to the Pistons in the first half. So th- some of that scares me, I think, about the Nets. And that's what I think talent clouds is the fact that, you know, th- these are uber-talented players. Like, we had LeBron and AD last time, but sometimes it's just not enough um, to overcome an entire team, right? And there's something about these Nets that I don't trust. And I'm going to go with that gut feeling at least for now. And I'm going to say the Celtics in seven. But it's definitely a coin flip right there. I, respect I you, think man. the big problem is when you have Robert Williams out for the whole series. I mean, he was a yeah, huge part of that defense That's as true. well. He's out with the meniscus tear. And him... He, he was a deep boy candidate, smart. in my opinion. He was. He absolutely was. He was, he was frankly, amazing um, for the Celtics this whole season. And I think he was like the top two, a top two reason why the Celtics were... As good as they were on defense, they good had on a defense, rough, yeah. they had a rough start with Udoka with those rotations. But after the All Star break, um, they they really started to turn it around, and I think they were the hottest team in the league, um, based on their record and their st- style of play. I mean, a team with you know Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, I and mean, Jalen Brown was supposed to be kind of a two way player coming out of Cal, but he didn't really necessarily live up to that Go billing. Bears. And, Go Bears. <laughs> and uh, Tatum isn't known to be sort of that defensive guy. But, I mean, they've been able to build out a great defense surrounding those two guys. And both of the Jays have been pretty good on defense, honestly. You know, like, they've they've held their weight. They've both become very good all-around players. And I, I just want to say that I give a lot of respect to this Celtics team as well. But it's, it's Kevin Wayne Durant, man. Like, I know that the, Celt- yeah, the, the, that's the, the Nets thing. have been very iffy. But... Katie is still the best player uh, on the floor, and I think there's gonna be a day where they, one day where Katie like declines, and Tatum and Brown keep rising to the point where like next year, maybe the year after, you will start seeing Tatum and Brown just outperform uh, Katie and Kyrie if those two choices still play together. But I don't think their time is over yet, and I, I just yeah, have to go with, it, their, for me, for with me, the status quo. Yeah, for me it's just very simple. Like you said it then, it's. Am I taking Tatum Brown or Kyrie Katie? I'm taking Kyrie Gary. Any playoff yeah. series. That's all that comes down to me for me. All right. I respect that. I was very close. I had it. I had it on the sheet right here. I think mm-hmm. Dylan just made me waver a little bit. But I'll, I'll go I'll go against the trend here. No worries. This is, this will be an easier series, for I think, for us to predict the next one. Oh, yeah. I think oh, we yeah. don't even have to discuss it, honestly. We can skip it's this. Bucks and Bulls. Bucks are there. Bucks in five. Bucks in four. doesn't matter. It's Unless Chicago you... is not good against playoff teams. That's just I'm, how it is. I'm just happy that Chicago has a finally a winning season. But <laughs> good for Chicago. Good for Chicago. But yeah, uh, you guys aren't ready for the playoffs yet. Uh, I'm gonna sound like a hater here. I'm gonna sound like a hater, and you know, maybe I will be. But Demar Derozan was never that guy for a reason. Okay. <laughs> I I kind of agree with that okay. statement. I remember and, 
Yeah. Last same. year, and last year, if you guys have, and anybody watched the play-ins last year, San Antonio was in the play-ins last year, and they stunk the bed. DeMar DeRozan played like shit, like <laughs> absolute shit. And now I think if you put Chris Middleton or Drew Holiday on him, uh-oh, now I'm good. And you have a guy in Levine who's never played in the playoff series. You have a guy in Vucevic who's never played in playoffs. You have, what, DeMar DeRozan's playoff experience of getting swept by LeBron, swept by LeBron. Now he's going to get swept Wait, didn't by Wait, did play in the playoff series? Didn't he play... Uh... Oh, he didn't want to. He played one in Orlando. Vucevic never in 2019. Uh, oh, yeah, he did. He was, he yeah, he was in the Kawhi when Kawhi destroyed them. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Wow. It was not even close, yes, but. That counts as uh, experience. Yeah, this is, this is the pick, yeah. Yes. Well, he has experience getting destroyed, so he'll get more experience. Yeah, there's that. I, I, I. Just ever since DeMar. Ever since DeMar was in. Um, in Canada or with the Raptors, it's just I just know notice his tandem with uh, Kyle Lowry. It's always either first round or second round exit. I never see him pushed for um, conference finals because at that time he was just a jump sh- uh, mid range. And the one I think they made one year, and the yeah. year they did, they yeah, had fucking swept LeBron. LeBron yeah, mm-hmm. LeBron and he had nobody. And, yeah, yeah, LeBron. Let's, Let's still talk, talk about, about LeBron. Yeah, wait, just get one more thing. If you want an analysis based off of it, the Bulls are one of the worst interior defenses in the NBA. And guess where Giannis lives? Guess where, you know, guess the where they're going to attack. Have oh, you seen that man do take, or something? He's a, he takes three, uh, step back threes now. Yeah. We're going to talk about Giannis in a, a little bit, but he's got a 73% free throw percentage right now, and that's pretty crazy. But, oh yeah, we'll talk about that later. Seventy Sixers and Raptors. Up, oh, you had something. All I gotta say is that guy should not count his money. That Suns fan should not count his money last year when when Giannis <laughs> is at the line. I mean, uh, we'll talk about that. All right, Seventy Sixers Raptors. One player will not be present when they go up to Toronto. That is Matisse Thybulle. Um, because oh he's not God. vaccinated. <laughs> he is half vaccinated. Apparently, oh, he took one shot and then decided not to do the second one. Which uh, I don't know what that's supposed to do. <laughs> Yo, he said, I think I'm ready. He said, I, I trust Chinese medicine. I was like, dude, I use Chinese medicine, but I still go, I still get my Pfizer and Moderna shots, man. Oh, man. <laughs> I don't I understand this, the point of that, but yeah. Like the I point of taking crazy. it. Yeah. It's such a, just get it filed in a locker room and a guy has one of his two shots. You know, if it's like a complete, I'm not taking any of my shots, I guess it's more understandable. Well, but more, when you more take players one for... out of two, oh sorry, yeah, one out of two just doesn't even make sense. Yeah, and you already did the one. Yeah, just right? do the other one. Yeah. What's so hard and, about yeah. taking the second yeah. one? You already did the first Whatever. one. Well, at least yeah. now Glenn has more ammo to th- or more players to throw under the bus. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the top fifteen uh, all-time head coach Doc Rivers, right there. So yeah. I don't know how he's top fifteen. <laughs> yeah, I think they're gonna get their f- many. They're gonna get. Bro, his nickname is Doc, but he can't convince his players to get vaxxed, man. Talk about a fake one. (laughs) Okay. Oh, man. The Sixers have had trouble with Toronto in the past. They actually just lost to them yesterday. Um, So, it's crazy. Embiid's put up numbers, but the Raptors, I think, have like 3-1, to I think, on them this year. year. Maybe if that bearded guy guy does some shit. (laughs) I put the Raptors in this case. I believe... I believe in uh, Frederico 
I believe in uh, Spicy it. P. It's just, with the 76ers, again, it's similar to the Nuggets and kind of the Warriors too. It all ends with Joel Embiid because, again, I hope he doesn't get injured, but if something goes wrong with Joel, who who else is going to step up? You already lost Seth Curry. You lost Andre Drummond. Uh, yes, you have you have James Harden. He wanted out at he wanted out from the Nets. He said he had some hamstring injury, but now yes, they had their honeymoon phase. But now he's starting to play a little bit bad. He's starting to fall off a little bit as a 76er. So that's the main concern. And other than Tyrese Thibault, uh Matisse Thibault. Matisse, sorry. Yes, without an- Mr. Anti-Vax, um, like you don't really have a lot to work with 76ers. That's no, just any- my opinion. But you don't barely at, have anything. You don't have your best perimeter defender anymore. But I would say Raptors. I would say Raptors in six. Ooh, Raptors in six. I, 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 I kind of like I the prediction, in, honestly. We, they actually have a nurse. Way. They have a nurse on the other team. They have a nurse on the other team. The nurse versus <laughs> a doctor, man. Yeah. Shout out our frontline bro- a fake workers, doctor. by the way. Fake doctor. That's why I've got the 76ers and seven. I think the doctors are more important than a nurse. Yep. That doctor don't know how All to right. cure 3-1. Okay. Oh my god. <laughs> they lose 3-1. I can't imagine the craziness that would erupt from this podcast alone if the Sixers lost in the I, first round. I don't know how to feel there. Yeah. I could totally I mean, see it happening. We've hated honestly. on the Sixers since our origins. <laughs> yeah. Like but, I, I really like this yeah. Raptors team. Um they're quite good. Um and they were kind of retooling. They weren't really supposed to kind of be in this position. I mean, they were just getting the four pick last year and Scotty Barnes has been a very key cog to their postseason push the season with OG being out. And I mean, if you look at their starting lineup, you got Fred Van Vliet, you got Siakam, you got Trent, you got Anunobi, you got Barnes and Achua. Like these are these are good players, you know? Like they aren't none of them aren't essentially like, you know, all star like level, but they're all very long, they're versatile, they can switch. Um they can play disruptive defense, and you know Joel Embiid is obviously going to cause some problems, right? But you know, if you look at what the Raptors are as a team, like I wouldn't necessarily say it's going to be an easy series uh, for the Sixers to just completely roll over and say the Raptors are like complete trash and they're they're done for. I think it's going to be the closest series actually out of all of the Eastern Conference um, first rounds. I'm going with the Sixers here, but. I wouldn't be surprised at all if the Raptors managed to pull this off because I don't really trust Harden come playoff time. And, you know, Embiid is great, but the Raptors do have the length and the size to be disruptive uh, to him. And I think it can find ways I, to slow him down. I also want to point out one thing. I think it's there is more pressure on the 76ers than the Raptors. I think the Raptors has nothing to lose since I think what Vivek said, they weren't expected to be here because... Uh, again, middle of the season, uh, they traded away Steph Curry and uh, and I think Andre. That's the 76ers, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, they traded them away to get James Harden. And if they lose in the first round, that means they should kind of blow up their team. Or I would be unhappy with the 76ers. Like, um, you got James Harden and you still lose. So it's like, who do you blame in that case? Probably Doc. <laughs> Uh, that's just how it's gonna be. Doc is Doc will never be blamed. He will just throw everyone else before him. Hitters find an eighteen to land on. 
just think about it. If Brett Brown got fired after losing to the first round to the Celtics, Doc has lost, hasn't made it to the championship. Like, he hasn't made it to the conference championship. He was supposed to be an upgrade. Remember they were picking between Ty Lue and Doc Rivers? Oh, man. Whatever. If... If Doc leaves, he can he he can go he can go to LA again. He's gonna go back to LA. <laughs> again. Go to LA. Oh, oh my god! I think it says it all that the Clippers became oh like so god. good and so much better after Doc left and Ty Lue took over. Like we actually saw competent rotations adjustments, especially after Kawhi went down. Something just kind of grinds my gears about the way Doc Rivers coaches. I can I can literally see it all right now. Like Sixers either lose in the first or second round, everything doesn't fall on Joel or Harden's fall. Goes on Doc. Doc gets fired. Goes to be the coach to the Lakers next year. And it's it's beautiful. Oh, no. <laughs> and then they're going to lose 3-1 probably. Oh, my God. That's beautiful. Um, I mean, I think for the 76ers, I do have them winning the series. But I kind of talked about it earlier in my bull prediction. You know, not really regarding, like, the finals or anything. But I do have the Heat beating the Sixers in the next series, um, which I would have. I know we're not going to go too much into other other playoff series, but hey, man, when it when time comes, I think the Heat are really gonna they're gonna bring that pack, and I don't know if the Seventy Sixers are gonna be ready for it. I have the Sixers in seven. One, Embiid is a beast. And I'm not gonna bet against him. Two, I don't like Pascal Siakam. It's a personal thing. Don't ask me about it. But it's Sixers in seven. That's it. Raptors so, in six. All right. Finals predictions. We're gonna skip right ahead here. Oh, we predicted the first round. We're just gonna pit. We're just gonna say our finals predictions right now. We'll probably go into the other rounds later in other episodes. But right now, if everyone's on the line, like this is just like we nothing has been decided yet. So based off of what we just saw in the regular season, who do you have winning the NBA finals this year? Well, I'll like start it off. Um, I'm gonna you know have the Bucks coming in out of the East. I think what they showed you last year is that they're the most ready and they're, you know, ready to have their little dynasty starting. So I have them coming out of the East, but I have a rematch, Bucks versus Suns. And this time I got the Suns taking it. I think I think this is the year, man. I'm obviously biased 100%, but I just do believe that, you know, they just have everything that in place it's just perfectly set up for them this is never going to be a better year for them to win and you know it sounds crazy but this is this has to be the year you know what i mean like this is like <laughs> this is me what happens a, if it isn't it's gonna be a pain man it's gonna be hard it's gonna be hard look in the mirror <laughs> oh gosh well, I mean, I'm on the same track as UG. I have the Bucks and the Suns meeting up in the NBA playoffs again. I don't know what it is, but I just love rematches, and I think these two teams are uh, just great when it comes to the playoffs, and I think they've been great when it comes to the regular season. I think that... Um, I, I think some bad that, blood would be boiling this time, though. I don't think, bro, if... Yeah, if the, the it was rematch, so organic the first yeah. time. Yeah, it was organic this time, but now if it's organic again, they match up. There's just so much, like... You know, you took it from us last year. We gotta get it back this year. You know, I love this. I love the Bucks Suns matchup because it was so um, different. Both teams were well constructed. There was a lot of great basketball, a lot of great talent on both sides, and the good guys won at the end of the day. But and I'm gonna have them win again. I think that the Bucks are gonna win over the Suns. I'd say again, probably in six or something like that, because 
Oh, man. I just love the way Giannis plays. I think that team is in sync. I think they got that championship monkey off their backs, and they're just playing. And, you know, I think that... I don't know what it is, but I just would not bet against Giannis right now. And I'm not going to bet against him this entire playoffs. So, you know, I just think that they're going to just do it again. They're going to run it back. And, you know, it's going to be great. If I was a very biased homer, I'd say Warriors over the... uh, Nets or something like that, or over the Bucks in four. But I'm not going to do that. I'm going to say Bucks over the Suns. Uh, Vivek, you want to give your take? I've been trying to mull over who I'd pick in the final prediction right now, and it's kind of difficult for me to just give a takeoff rip because when it comes down to it, um, it really depends on. The status. You don't of, want to say the Suns are better than the Warriors, huh? You don't no, I, I think it. right you know now, if, if stuff isn't going to be back, then I think obviously the Suns are the better team than the Warriors are, right? Or if Luka oh, yeah. is going to be out indefinitely, right? How will that affect the standings? I think Luka and the Mavs have a really good opportunity this season as well to go pretty far into the playoffs. And could they put together a finals run? I think they're a pretty good dark horse at it as well. Um, I don't want to sleep on them as well. And I just think that, you know, I'm going to let the first round play off. I don't want to speak too fast right now. But I do think that when it comes down to it, like just if we assume that everyone right now who's playing is going to keep on playing for the rest of the series or the rest of the playoffs and those who are injured will stay injured for the rest of the playoffs. So assuming that stuff is out uh, indefinitely and Lucas out indefinitely, I say that the Suns make the finals. I say that also... The Bucks are the best team out of the East as well. And um, obviously that's going to be a rematch of last year, but I think the Bucks are still the better team than the Suns. So I'd have to kind of go with Matt over here and give that same take for all the reasons he said. But I think that um, if the Mavs are healthy and the Warriors are healthy too, I think that I'd, I'd probably take one of those two teams over the Suns. I like your thinking there, Vivek. That's very smart of you. No, it's not. I agree with everything you said there. Thank you. Honestly. Totally unbiased and non-homerism takes. That's what we're known for over here. (laughs) Completely great takes, yes. But don't see about the Mavs. That's all I'm going to say. Yes. Well, ah, man. All right. Well, you know, I think that I'm going to go Dylan's uh, pick right away. I'm just Warriors over Bucks. Fuck Jay Crowder. <laughs> and that's what it is right now. Um, yeah. Alright. So we're going to go on to the MVP discussion here. We're going to... This is probably the most competitive MVP race in years. And, you know, it's just because there's no outright dominant favorite. There's no team that's just raced ahead of everyone. And then, you know, the unanimous MVP or whatnot. But... You know, you got three guys here. They are pretty great. I saw this tweet from this um, reporter from Fox Sports, I think, Micah Adams. And he said, basically, that, you know, if you average every MVP season in NBA history, you get 43.8 combined points, rebounds, and assists per game. That's pretty big, right? There's six players alone doing that this season, which is tied for the most ever. Those six players are Giannis, Jokic, Embiid obviously, and then LeBron, Durant, and Doncic. So it's been an incredibly 
like just high caliber year for the superstars of this league and it's just going to be incredible to see who wins this thing and obviously there's probably going to be a lot of a uh, debate i'm glad that you know my player is not in it anymore unfortunately but because i predict there's going to be a lot of salt in the next coming days or weeks but who do you guys have well, if you were the media I guess we technically are, but they just didn't invite us to vote this year. I don't know why. But we need that. Give it five yeah. years, man. It'll all change. Or we'll make we'll riot. Yeah. I think it'd be fair if like instead of all of us getting one vote each, if we got to vote as a council. Like a council? Ooh. I like you think. Maybe a there. sports council of sorts. Yes. Yeah, maybe the NBA should come talk to us, sponsor us. Exactly. It's official podcast of the NBA. Exactly. Our voices are important. Key in their uh in their process but either way let's say we're part of the media let's say we have a vote who would you vote for if you uh got the chance to and i'd like to add later who do you think would win who do you think will win i think i'm gonna go with it's so hard i do think like what you said like it's just difficult to pick i'm going honest i think you just He's unstoppable. He's the beast. He's, you know, just a two-way. I think he. I think when you're, I think when you're looking at it, right? For me, at least, it become it goes between Jokic and Giannis because I just feel like everything Embiid does, like I get from Giannis, but a little bit better. I don't know if that's controversial or not, but I just feel like I don't. I don't know. I just don't know why I would give the MVP to Embiid over Giannis. I don't know. That's just me personally speaking. Like I just, I would if there's gonna give anybody out of those two, it's or it's gonna be Giannis. And I think Giannis versus Jokic is very, very, very close to me. But just Jokic being the sixth seed in the West, where the West have kind of took a step back this year, a big step back, I'd say. And only him, you know, it's just still six seed for having to win, which is very impressive. But you know, I think just three seed the two-way impact the the just you know averaging almost right under 30 points and you know he just everything he does the ability to just take over have such an impact on a team he's just so valuable to a team he will you do be nothing without him the books everything runs through him the offense defense you know so that's the thing with the Okage. and i just don't think the sixers run as efficiently as bucks so that's what it comes down to me for yeah, I absolutely agree with you. I think Giannis would be my vote for MVP as well. And I was wavering on this right up until we started this podcast. G, maybe you pushed me over the edge with that, uh, with going first there. But I think that the logic that you used for that is the logic I'm going to use. When it comes to Giannis versus Jokic, if Jokic was the same seed, I think, if he was the third seed, or if he even had the same record, because let's look at the records here. The third seed and the sixth seed, the third seed in the East is actually like I think one or two games just better than the third seed in uh, the sixth seed in the West. So it's not a huge difference, but it's just a matter of yes, the East is more competitive this year, and they played more within the East, and they were able to come out as a third seed. Meanwhile, the Nuggets played in the worst conference, and they came out as the worst seed. So I think in terms of winning, which has always been the biggest case, honestly, for an MVP, is how many games have you won? What seed are you, right? That's the biggest indicator, and Giannis wins that over both Embiid and Jokic. The second thing is that, yes, he is incredibly dominant in his both his 
phenomenal defense, unstoppable offense. He's great two-way uh, value. He's only second in scoring to Embiid by only just by like a point, basically. Less than a point, even. So you can't fault him for that. And I think the thing with Embiid is that I had him as my MVP uh, just way back. But I think the Harden thing and the fact that we make a lot of, uh, I think, we make a lot about his free throws. And that's what I'm going to talk about. Because where would he be without the free throws? That's what I'm thinking. Is he the scoring leader without all of that? So I know Giannis probably takes a lot of free throws too, but the clip that Embiid does is just ridiculous. Like both him and Harden are the free throw merchants right now. And I don't want to knock on Embiid that much for it, but that's why they are I'm free throw chasing. Them. They're free yeah. throw chasing. And they're the one the way to put it. They come out, they look at each other, and they're like, I'll get more free throws than you. And then he's like, no, I'll get more free throws than you. And then they just throw themselves at people, scream and yell and get fouls, bro. <laughs> yeah. And I just hate that style of play. So I can't in good conscience vote for something like that. I think that Embiid will probably be higher maybe for other play people because they don't care about that. Harden won an MVP after all. But, you know, Giannis would be first on my ballot. I'd say Jokic actually would be second because just how incredible he plays, he's so integral to that team they'd be literally nothing they'd be like lottery like they'd be like 15th seed whatever without him and he does literally everything so i cannot sing enough praise about Jokic. i just don't think he has the wins unfortunately or the stats like he has the stats to back it up but he just doesn't have the record right now to put him over Giannis. so i'd say Giannis, Jokic, then Embiid. hey you and me on the same page love to hear it all right vivek I think when it comes to me, um, when I define the most viable player, um, there's obviously two differing definitions of what it comes down to. A, the player that if you remove from the team, if you just remove that one single guy, is just absolutely garbage otherwise. Kind of like what Steph's MVP case last year was. And then there's the other more conventional definition that has kind of occurred, which is the best player on the best team. Um, which has been kind of Giannis's case when he won MVP both times. But I think this year is definitely the biggest anomalous case that we've seen for, you know, who would win MVP this year. Because, like you said, Matt, there's a lot of very deserving candidates out there. I don't know if I'd give LeBron some MVP noise. I'd probably give him some worst GM of the year noise for what he's done with Rich Paul, if anything. Um, you could probably vote him for worst GM at the Razzies if they have an NBA equivalent of that. But when it comes down to actually anal- analyzing, like, um, I think my top three, like you said, would be Giannis, Jokic, and Bede. Um Who I'd go with, um, personally speaking, I think that Jokic would be the MVP because when it comes down to my definition of how I'd like to define MVP, it is kind of the on-off metric or viewpoint of looking at it. Like, if you take this one singular player out of the team, um, what does that team become? And with the Nuggets, they'd be, they'd no, they wouldn't be even, even stiffing to play in if Jokic wasn't playing. Um, he's done everything and more to that team. And, I mean, you can't... He's been playing at a higher level in a higher clip than his MVP season last year. And the things he's doing is... It's, it's honestly unparalleled um, at the center position. He is such an absurd talent, so unique, and he plays the game in such a different way that it's truly a joy watching him play. And yeah, like you said, I can't sing enough of the praises uh, 
that and he should get more credentials and you know credit for that um who i think will actually win the award i think there is going to be some kind of mvp fatigue working against Giannis and Jokic in this case i think that Embiid had a very dominant stretch where he was uh head and shoulders the best player uh in the nba before that hardened trade and you know he's in he is the free throw merchant but you know he has been getting a lot of foul <laughs> calls and a lot of people have been resorting to fouling him you know it doesn't go just one way it's kind of a bi-directional thing um obviously like Embiid inside the paint is unstoppable and also he can shoot to you know he has all of those mid-range moves and he has to step back three now that he's been trying to work on and i mean just from an eye test perspective too i mean he's putting up the numbers he's he's doing it in all ways on the floor he's not a one-dimensional player he's a seven foot center with pure guard skills as well you know he's doing it all for his team and you know this isn't to knock on him beat it's not like i'm saying that i wouldn't think he's not deserving i just think Jokic is truly what my definition of mvp stands for but Amit's had a great season and i think that you know what he's done the narrative working for him and also the mvp fatigue all factored in i think those are all just a perfect confluence of events to kind of tie the award for him in a gift wrap fashion so i think Amit's winning the award but Jokic should be my pick Jokic is your pick yeah Oof. All right. Well, Dylan also said the same thing. Unfortunately, he had to step off for a second here, but he says that Jokic lifts the t- entire team up with his presence. And who could blame him because he's one of the first players to ever hit 2,000 points, 1,000 rebounds, 500 assists in the same season. And he's played more games than the other two. So, yes, I agree that, you know, Jokic, I just can't put him over Giannis just because of the games, like just because of the winning, right? I can see exactly, like, he's second place on my ballot. I think Embiid actually wins, though. And I think Jokic is second, Giannis is third because of the fatigue. That's just how I see it happening. But I do not like, like, if we're going to switch up the narrative about the wins and stuff like that, this is just how the media votes. It's just how it is. Because if you, like, if you are the best team and you're the best player on the best team, that's usually how it goes. You don't get Russell Westbrook that often. That's what disqualified Stephen Curry, I think, last year. So you can't just have it both ways. So I think that it's going to be Embiid at this point. But I'm voting for Giannis. All right. Do you think, who do you think would uh, win MVP, though? Who I actually think is probably going to win. I don't know. I honestly think like the voter fatigue thing is such a real thing and a narrative. And so much goes into voting. People like Rachel Nichols have votes. So, you know, <laughs> this shit shouldn't matter. Like anything she's voting on, she just have like no, like no respect. Like, okay. But that's just me. Um, but uh, I'm gonna just going to have to say, I think it's going to be probably Jokic again. People usually can win back to back a lot. We've seen other players like Steve Nash and Giannis, people like that, win back-to-back. Curry, you see the back-to-back a lot. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, just not having his team kind of push give them that thing. But my vote still would go to Giannis. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a good bet, actually. So even here, we're still conflicted on it. We had two for Giannis. We had two for Jokic. We had two for Embiid winning MVP. And then we had Jokic also winning it's crazy. It's a crazy race, honestly. And I cannot wait to see it all play out because they are all very deserving of the award at the end of the day. 
no complaints here. Yeah, any other year, I think these all, these guys are all locks, you know? But this is just an absurd year. Yep. Okay, that's about it for this podcast. Um, hopefully you were get, able to get a lot from it. We actually do have some breaking news here that I just saw. Um, it seems like Frank Vogel will be relieved of his duties. Um, and this broke before he even stepped off the court, apparently. But it seems like he will have coached his final game for the Lakers, according to Adrian Wojnarowski. I also and, have some breaking news. Okay. Um, I have breaking news um, also from a Laker, from Wayne Ellington, who says, uh, when I see you, I'm putting my hands on you, at Frank uh, Campazzo, just to let that be known out there as well. So <laughs> Wayne Ellington and Campazzo beef is real and alive starting today. Yes, um, apparently he got ejected for a flagrant <laughs> foul on Wayne Ellington. And... Uh, it's <laughs> I don't even know what to say about that. Make sure to follow but, Bay Council for more exclusive breaking news. Uh, we'll be here pretty much yes. trying to speak whenever we can be possible. And also I have another piece of news. Is Gavo here? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. So Frank Vogel will be moving to Cancun effective immediately. Oh. Um, okay. His home has been constructed by Russell Westbrook um, and LeBron James at the free throw line. <laughs> Because of their bricks. All right. And, oh, man. I mean, Gav, if Gav were here, he'd lose his mind already. But um, he always hates the Nuggets because he blamed them for a dirty play like years ago on Lonzo or something like that. I think he hates Jamal Murray in particular. So I love that the Nuggets, Lakers beef is still out there. I'd love to hear his thoughts on it. Fortunately, he couldn't make it tonight. But... Either way, that is going to do it for this episode of the show. Be sure to follow us on Spotify, iTunes, and Amazon Music uh, to get the latest podcast right away, as well as follow us on Twitter at Big Council, like Vivek said. Stay up to date on the latest and greatest of our sports takes. We'll have we'll cover that beef between Ellington and Compazzo very intimately within the next. We'll couple probably of days. Have, yeah, we'll probably have another podcast just dedicated to that. Exactly. We might have one of them on the show. It might be a multi-part series, too. We're working on getting Wayne Ellington on the podcast as we speak. Apologies to Matt. Dude, that'd be crazy. That's that's where Dylan is right now. He's actually, he's on the phone. He's trying to get him off. You know how, like, how Wodge, like, he steps off the show sometimes? Yeah. Yeah. He's on the call with Schefter. That's what Dylan's doing right now. And then we we actually sent out, uh, we sent Gab out to Argentina to get Composo. Yeah. (laughs) I thought Gab was in Cancun. But yeah, no, he has to move from. <laughs> yeah, he's moving from Cancun to Argentina with the translator. Exactly. He set it over to get an interview with Composite. We might be called Bay Council. Uh, that might be our Twitter handle, but we're actually international. Yes. Yes. We're all, over the place. Place. We're all over the place. Any yes. water is a bay. <laughs> yeah, we're everywhere. Every bay, we're there. All right, that's gonna do it. Thank you guys. See you. Take care.